Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Burdine. I am uh, putting out a special podcast here um, in honor of a, a good friend to Minnesota soccer, Grant Wall. Um, we, uh, we've kind of said all throughout the internet how um, affecting his uh, sudden death in Qatar has been to a lot of us. Um, I've written several tweet threads because I really can't stop thinking about um, how important he was to a lot of us and particularly to me. And um, I can't claim to uh, have been <laughs> close at all or, or even friends other than internet friends with uh, with Grant, but um, his work meant a lot. And, uh, and having someone so approachable on that level of being a superstar in journalism was uh, was something that now I I realize how rare that was. Maybe um, I'm not going to go into a, a long introductory eulogy here um, because I, I just wouldn't know how to start or end it. Other than saying that um, I know a lot of people in Minnesota who had never really, uh, other than liking his tweets or something like that, never really interacted with him and said how uh, affecting his his sudden passing was. And uh, I share that. And I actually had forgotten that I interviewed Grant once. And that was because uh, in 2017, quite famously for us in Minnesota, um, Minnesota United started in uh, MLS, and coming into it that pre- previous October, uh, Grant had written a, a an offhand um, mailbag piece where someone asked how we would do, how Minnesota United would do, and he said, uh, "I don't think that I put the over under of how many games they're going to win at five, and I think that they could be one of the worst teams in MLS expansion history." And um, to to tell you the story of that. I think a lot of us then kind of thought that that was so hilarious because we, I don't think we had signed any players at that point. We didn't have a head coach. Um, and it seemed like a bold prediction. Uh, I called it a hot take, um, in going back through my message history with Grant, uh, we, I, I realized how, um, our interaction there was, he took offense to that, I'll, I'll say. And our interaction was very prickly then. And what's very funny is we, we kind of left it pretty cold um, in one of those ways where you you now look back and, and it's a little embarrassing. I think both of us would be kind of embarrassed. It wasn't bad, but just enough of like, it's not that big of a deal, guys. Leave it alone. Um, and what's funny is then between that October of our kind of exchange of like, me trying to say like, Hey, lighten up grant. It's, it's funny. Um, and then the next summer, uh, we had obviously exchanged messages in some other format, maybe just tweeting at each other. And, um, and he was in on the joke by then he thought it was funny. He, he kind of lightened up, I think, orig- after initially getting a lot of pushback. Um, because that spring, then, uh, we were bad. Minnesota United was historically bad. And as they started to win games, then uh, the Dark Clouds uh, and the merchandise team, who are so fantastic, uh, made this scarf that I think, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it was a surprise even to me, that said, you know nothing, Grant Wall, the North remembers. And um, on the day, Grant Wall Day, uh, that we won the sixth game, it was a a brutal beatdown of DC United, um, then the scarf was unveiled and there's a great picture of 
Abe Apodi, who used to be the the Wonderwall president, holding it up. Um, that that picture then, uh, you know, for a, a, even now, is still Grant's header uh, photo on Twitter. Um, it was such such a funny moment, and by that point, Grant had totally gotten in on the joke. Thought it was great. I mean, just sent so many messages about how funny he thought it was. Um, and how touched he was that, that he could be part of the joke. Um, and so I had forgotten that I interviewed him after that. And let me just say the interview quality is terrible. And I apologize. I had been trying out a new app to try to record, uh, Skype interviews and phone interviews, and it just failed on my end. So just apologize in, in advance. And so this is my conversation with Grant, recorded back in July of 2017, right after that DC United win. And, um, you know, this podcast has kind of gone on semi-hiatus where we'll record and and put something out every once in a while. But I do think um, people like Grant uh, and, and seeing the outpouring of love after he has passed is a good reminder that there are two simultaneous things that um, I think we should all aspire to in our soccer fandom. And one is enjoying the pure love of soccer and being around people and having it be something that builds camaraderie while at the same time viewing soccer as, as more than just people kicking balls around a pitch and that it's something that can be harnessed to, to bring real good and shine light on real bad in the world. And those two things sometimes come in conflict, but I think Grant uh, embodied the, the, the balance of that really well. And I hope that um, even without kind of the regular check-ins that we've been doing um, over the last uh, almost 10 years um, that we'll still all be able to, to, to try to aspire to that. And I hope that you are all well, and I hope that you, the holidays treat you well. And I hope that this interview is something of a blessing or, or something of it. Um, Grant is going to be very much missed. And uh, I think that uh, if you're listening to that, then, then that's a feeling that you'll share. And so be well. Thank you. Just shoot the shit with Grant. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm pleased to be joined by Grant Wall from Sports Illustrated, uh, uh, now infamous in Minnesota and uh, and bravely coming on the 551 <laughs> podcast. Thank you, Grant, for, for joining us. Thanks for having me, Wes. Yeah. So I, I, I should start off by um, uh, asking how you celebrated the first annual Grant Wall Day. Um, did you did you do anything special for it? Did you did your family get together a meal and and uh, you know watch Minnesota or something? You know, it's interesting because I've I've been on book leave since mid May, so I honestly am so buried in book writing right now, trying to write a book in three and a half months that uh, I'm not really doing my typical job. So I'm not following things that closely in the soccer world, except I do keep up with scores like on the MLS app on my phone. I saw this past weekend that uh, Minnesota was hosting DC United and it didn't take an Einstein to think that this might be finally Minnesota's chance after waiting a little while to get win number six. And uh, so one thing I've done during 
my book leave is I've taken Twitter off my phone, which actually is like the most liberating, wonderful thing <laughs> I've done in a long time. And I'm a much happier person now, but um, I still have my account and I you know, still can go on, on the uh, laptop. So I, I actually was not aware of what was happening on Saturday night, but first thing Sunday morning, uh, I take one day off a week from writing the book and that's Sunday. And so I thought maybe I should check to see what the score was and see what might've come my way on, on Twitter from my good friends in Minnesota. And um, sure enough, there was uh, a four nothing win, which was very impressive. And, uh, and a fair amount of uh, friendly banter from everyone there and much deserved. I might add, uh, I'm glad people got a kick out of it. And, and then when I saw the scarf, which you had sent me a picture of, that was like the greatest thing ever. And that totally made my day. And, and I couldn't stop giggling all morning, really. So, uh, you know, uh, the, um, the, the quote from this, you know, back, this was way back in October. You, you, I think were probably sitting down for what felt like would be a relaxing, right? Because it was just a, one of your semi-regular Q and a mailbags with your readers. And um, one reader asked you for your over-under on Minnesota United wins for 2017. And you wrote, and I'll, I'll just read this a little bit. Um, I can't tell you how many coaches, GMs, and agents there are who are saying Minnesota in its first year might be one of the worst teams in MLS history on the field. And then break. Anyway, to answer your question, Chicago and Houston have the lowest number of wins in the MLS at seven. Over-under for Minnesota is in 2017 is five. And that, that last part is particularly what, what became... Uh, uh, infamous. And so I, I guess my, my, my real question here is, would you like to apologize to Minnesotans? <laughs> um, you know, for a, a prediction of this nature, I haven't thought about it. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, in a sense, if I felt like Minnesotans were deeply aggrieved and I, and this made them very angry then by all means. Yes. Um, you know, I guess I'm tickled about the fact that, uh, there was a lot of passion invested in this comment. Um, you know, it's, it's funny cause this was from a mailbag column, uh, I guess back last fall and yeah, in October. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it was a pretty straightforward question, which was, I think came down to how do you think Minnesota United will do? And, uh, you know, I, I do lots of different things. One of them is kind of insider reporting for, for Fox sports television and for sports illustrated. And I think what I wrote was basically, I've talked to a lot of people around MLS, general managers, agents, people at other clubs and just by the way that Minnesota United was putting together the team more than one, quite a few people had said that Minnesota could be really bad when they started playing just because of the way people saw this, the club was not getting a quick start on things that were pretty important. And that wasn't even necessarily the roster, but just stuff on getting things off the ground. Yeah. And, and that's actually that part really uh, interested me because, you know, you are obviously 
far more connected than I am, but uh, the amount of people I, I would talk to around the league uh, and around, around the, the U S um, even, even people in USL were, were, were saying similar things, you know, mm-hmm. that things look bad. And so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what sort of things concerned people or what were they scoffing at? What, what types of things were they mentioning? Um, just in terms of, you know, it took a long time to get a coach. Um, I think there were comparisons made to Atlanta, and I think it probably hurt Minnesota a little bit at that time that it was coming in at the same time as another expansion team, and so those kinds of comparisons were going to be made. And obviously, there's different circumstances in each city um, and different priorities in each city. Uh, what struck me, I guess, though, was that, you know, really smart, successful GMs and MLS were saying this could be the wor- one of the worst teams in the history of the league. And so I don't usually hear that about yeah. expansion teams or any teams. And so as part of my answer, I, I you know, I wrote that. Um, and I would love to say that my mailbag columns are these great Pulitzer Prize winning pieces, but like, you know, I crank these things, I crank most mailbags out in a period of a couple of hours. It's usually yeah. something that I'll do if I haven't done one in a while and I've got a magazine story or, you know, other stuff that I'm working on and they would like to have some content from me. It's not to say it's a throwaway or anything, but. Sure, uh, but, but you certainly weren't expecting the the gravity. You know, it, it's something where you you, you could have written. Pre- there wasn't maybe enough to write a, a full article on. Will this be the worst team of all time? But correct. enough to uh, enough to to that it wasn't just some guy shooting his mouth uh, off and and saying that they thought Minnesota was going to be terrible. You know, right? It's kind of like Brian Strauss at Sports Illustrated, and I talk about this sometimes about how. You know, not everything you do, you're attempting to hit a home run with, and you want to be attempting to hit home runs. That's bad if you stop trying to hit home runs from time to time, but you're going to try and hit some singles and doubles. Well, this mailbag was basically attempting to hit a single or a double. <laughs> and and I, we're going back, just looking at it, I mean, like, the part about the possibility of Minnesota being one of the worst teams in league history was kind of true for the first several games of the season. They were pretty horrible, especially on the defensive end. And, and yet making the leap from that to over a 34 game league season, this team is going to be one of the worst teams in league history and is going to win no more than five games. Clearly I learned my lesson here. I mean, like that's, that's a big leap. And, you know, there's some pretty bad teams in MLS history. I, you know, the DC United team that I think they won three league games that one year that they happened to actually win the U S open cup as well. Um, yeah, that's kind of the gold standard for bad MLS teams. And they weren't even an an expansion team. Um, so I got to give a ton of credit to, to Minnesota for, for recognizing some of the problems and they were big problems and fixing some of them, especially on the defensive end. Now, 
let's not get ahead of ourselves and say this is like some amazing team because it's not, but like they're certainly better than uh, the doom and gloom predicted by people like me. Yeah. Well, uh, did, did you um, get uh, like kind of back channel uh, feedback from, from people from the club or did you get uh, a response that, that surprised you? Um, not really. I had a kind of a fun exchange of messages with Manny Lagos at one point. Okay. Um, that was in, I think, good fun. Uh, and, uh, I guess what I would say is, is that you can't take yourself so seriously, whether you're me or him or anybody that you would get really bent out of shape. I don't think or feel like this was some sort of you know, lack of respect. I mean, like that's part of my job is to answer questions. And, and I'm from Kansas city originally. So um, I grew up in a place where I think a lot of fans were sensitive about uh, New York writers and sports media people saying idiotic things. And so you're sensitive for stuff like that. And I get it. I, and my guess is Minnesota is probably not all that different from Kansas city in, in that sense. So, uh, you know, you're going to be wrong from time to time. I'm very happy that the folks in Minnesota have responded this way. It's, it's put a smile on my face and, and I look forward to getting out there and having a beer with you guys at some point. Well, and, and picking up the, uh, the, the grant wall scarf that, um, I, I that when I saw it go up as well, you know, I, I sent you the picture, but I, it completely surprised me. So <laughs> it, secret merch that came out that said, uh, you know, nothing grant wall. And then on the other side, the North remembers. So you get your own game way. of Thrones scarf. Yeah. I mean, in a, in a weird way, it's like one of the most proud achievements of my career. When someone would go to the trouble to, to make a scarf with your name on now. Yes. They're, they're killing me, but like, still that's awesome. <laughs> well, just knock that one off. Anytime, you know, your fellow writers, you can tell Brian Strauss that he hasn't, uh, he has not yet inspired this level. Not even Alexi Lawless has, has inspired this level of, uh, uh animosity. So, I, you know, I want to, I want to finish by just asking you a little bit. You said you've been on a book hiatus. Uh, I'm, I'm sure your, your head is completely, uh, underwater with that. How has that been going? And, uh, when can we expect to hear something about what, what this book is going to be? Well, hopefully very soon here, there's going to be, uh, kind of the first public announcement of what the book is. It's set to come out next spring. It's about soccer. It's going to come out ahead of the world cup. Um, and I've been traveling around, uh, reporting it for the last two years two years basically. Um, and had a four month book lead start May 15th. I've been writing six days a week, uh, nine, 10 hours a day and, uh, about two thirds of the way through the writing part. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Actually, I've learned a lot on it and hopefully my readers will learn a lot as well. Um, it's been a while since my first book, the Beckham experiment came out in '09, and, so I've been waiting to finally have a summer to have the time to do something like this. And 
This was one of the quieter summers, probably the quietest summer of the four-year cycle in terms of the tournaments that were happening were a Confederations Cup without the U.S., a B-Team Gold Cup. Right. Um, and so I was able to take the time off. And it's been uh, very fulfilling, very intense. Uh, I'm the kind of guy that the part of the writing process I enjoy the most is being done. <laughs> so I'm not quite there yet, but uh, uh, looking forward to, to getting there. Usually the part that every writer enjoys is um, talking about what they're going to write. That's usually the most enjoyable part. Then uh, anything actually involving involving the writing is, is the worst part. So. Well, I want to um, say thank you uh, for for everything. It, it's been very fun uh, going back and forth, and 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 uh, this entire ever since last October when that came out. Um, I, I just want to say thank you uh, for for all the banter, for everything, and and uh, best of luck with the book. And I hope to see you out at a Minnesota game sometime once the once the book part is behind you and you can actually uh, breathe again. I'd love that. Thanks a lot, Wes. All right, thank you.